sung songs this morning to remind ourselves of the bigness of God um, and perhaps the smallness of ourselves and our own lives and so often we forget that we get that a little bit inverted and we um, we see ourselves our own lives the the real suffering and challenges and pain that we experience and those it becomes really big it's because it's what's right in front of our eyes and we forget how big our God is and so I just want to invite you as we pray right now I know that um, no matter where you're at in your life, there's something that's probably a burden that you're carrying, something that is um, just weighing heavy on your soul. And I just want to invite you just to give that over to Jesus this morning, just to lay it down at his feet and to be reminded of how great and how powerful. We, that, that's, that song we sang, he's our first and our last, the beginning and the end, to remember that he, he's not bound by time. You know, we're celebrating the five-year anniversary of the Parks Church here in Melissa, but um, God's been faithful to us over these five years, but God is not bound by time. He doesn't really even see time. He, he's infinite. And so just to remember that. And so let's just go to the Lord and just give our lives over to him. Acknowledge that he is great. He is big. He is bigger than our circumstances. The life that he came to give us is eternal. It's not bound by um, the sands of time on this earth. Father, we thank you that you are great and you are mighty and you are worthy to be praised. You are holy. And you are righteous. And you are good. We thank you. We praise you, God. And I pray right now, Father, that every soul in this room would acknowledge your kindness, your mercy, your grace. And whatever might be Weighing heavy on us, God, we trust your word that says that we can cast our burdens upon you and see that you care for us. As we just lay those things down before you and we, we acknowledge that um, as big and as painful and as hard as this life might seem, whatever suffering, whatever challenge, even the joys that we may be experiencing today, those are small in contrast to who you are and to the goodness of who you are. So even as we think about those things and we just give them over to you. And we just remember your faithfulness, your promises. We remember the words that we sang. God, you're so good. God, you're so good. God, you're so good. You're so good. 
to me. Whatever we're facing this morning. God, you're so good. God, you're so good. God, you're so good. You're so good to me. You are good, Father. We thank you for your goodness. We receive it all through the blood of Jesus Christ. And in his name we pray. Amen. Well, you can be seated. Well, Pastor Brandon Freeman couldn't be with us, but I sang for you anyway. Some of you know our friend Brandon. Today is a special day, as uh, Kyle acknowledged, and so for our guests and um, those that are here for the first time, um, I just want your kids to primarily know that we we don't serve you cupcakes every Sunday. Um, We do donuts, but we don't do cupcakes. Um, But uh, we are celebrating today. We're celebrating God's faithfulness to us as a a church family here in Melissa. And um, we're so grateful for how God has moved and been at work in our midst and the fact that he has chosen to use us and sustain us and and give us life. We just acknowledge him and we just praise him for that. And so um, we, uh, we are... Uh, celebrating in a little bit of a unique way. Um, Typically, uh, I would be preaching right now from the book of Daniel, and uh, we will pick that back up next week. Uh, Daniel chapter 7 is where we will be next week. But uh, we wanted to pause. We felt that it was right to pause and just acknowledge God's faithfulness to us as a church over these past five years, and just to praise Him for His goodness and His kindness. Um, I could tell you that, uh, you know, as uh, church planting and and beginning and the launch of a new church, um, uh, the fact that we are are alive and well and our ministry is thriving is, is all of God's mercy. It, it's not something that we should take for granted, um, and, uh, but we should just uh, realize that, man, God has blessed us uh, in great ways, and so we just praise Him for that. And so as, as part of that uh, celebration, we asked uh, some folks uh, in our community as well as some of you to just uh, share a little bit, a testimony of, of what um, the Parks Church has meant, how it has ministered uh, to, the, to the community, to you individually. And so uh, we have a video that we're going to watch. Um, and, uh, and so we're, just, uh, we're about to play in just a moment. Um, and we're just going to hear uh, these stories of God's faithfulness. And so uh, while you watch, um, I just want to encourage you to just to continue a heart of praise, acknowledging that th- these are, again, some from our, our faith family here. Uh, but there are many community members that you're going to see. Some of you uh, will recognize them. And, and even their acknowledgement is, a, is bringing God glory because it's not about us. It's not about our name. It's about God receiving glory for for, uh, what he is doing in our midst. And so um, watch this video. Uh, it's about 10 minutes long. And so uh, it's, it's like a, 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 you know, a short, you know, it's not a full length feature film, um, but uh, it's a little longer maybe than some of our typical videos that we might sometimes periodically play. Um, but I pray that it will bless you as we get to hear, um, again, stories of God's faithfulness. And then I will come back up and we'll open God's word together. So watch with me. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, that, that last voice you heard, that's Miss Sherry, and uh, she is, um, uh, I was going to say, unfortunately, we're, we're grateful that she's doing what she's doing. She's not here this morning because she's in Sierra Leone on mission um, with uh, Tammy Davis and uh, a number, a team from one of our ministry partners, 25 Project. But if she would have been here, y'all would have all heard her. She would have jumped up and led y'all in, in some woo-hoo. Uh, I didn't get that right. That's terrible. But anyway, um, we do celebrate and we thank God uh, for what um, he is doing what he has done uh, over uh, the past five years. And uh, if you would like, I'm going to, um, in a moment, we're going to turn to Psalm 104. Uh, if you don't have your Bibles with you, there is a Bible under the first seat of every row, and you can um, take that, pick it up if you'd like, and read there. Also, the text will be behind me on the screen in a few moments. But um, uh, by the way, and if you don't own a copy of God's Word, if you don't have your own Bible, please take that as, as our gift to you. We, we definitely want you to have a Bible in your home that you can turn to. Um, yes, we think back to uh, all that God has done over these past five years. And um, you know, one, one thing is I just stand here behind this beautiful pulpit. I remember the first Sunday I stood here, and it was behind a, quite a rickety music stand. And... Um, but I remember the thing that, that I said. I went back and looked at some of my notes. And, and uh, what I said was that the Parks Church is not an event. It's not a, an experience. It's not a building. That's not what we uh, strive to be when we launched on March 30th, 2014. Uh, we said that's not who we were going to be or who we should be. But we are to be followers of Christ. Obedient followers of Christ. People whose lives are yielded to Christ. And as Principal Eckert said so eloquently and well, they're people who have allowed Christ to disrupt our lives so that we could live for Him and put Him first. Lives disrupted. Lives that don't just go along with the flow and the calendar and everything else that the world has to offer. Lives that don't see ourselves as the center and the biggest, but as we sang and as we acknowledged in our prayers that God is bigger, God is greater, He is our aim. The church is a group of people that respond obediently to Christ and say that He is Lord. And our desire then, and it's the same desire that we have today, is that Jesus' name would be lifted high in every corner of our city, in every place, whether it's the schools, whether it's in your workplaces, whether it's in your friend relationships, whether it's on the sports field, wherever it is that you might find yourself, that Jesus' name would be lifted high. And we acknowledge that that's not going to happen simply through, although it definitely can happen through this, through us singing praises to Him, stopping down in the school or stopping down on the soccer field or wherever we might find ourselves and saying, hey, I need to preach a sermon to you. But very often the way that God moves and the way that He uses the church is He sees, He, he, he creates a people for Himself set apart that live holy and righteous lives in front of the masses so that the people that do not know God, those people that are far off from God, look in and they see people who live yielded, submitted lives to Christ. And so that's been our desire and our, our, our call since we began is that we would call believers to live in such a way that we were conspicuous to our neighbors and our friends. So we stick out a little bit. Something's a bit odd. It's different. Why do they handle their lives this way? Why do they handle their schedules this way? Why do they handle their finances this way? It's because we want to live with a, a passion and a zeal and ultimately a love for Christ 
that causes us to consider, as he commands us to do, consider others greater than ourselves. And the way that we do that is we lay down our lives and we lay down the things that we would desire and the things that we find is important to us. Those small gods that we find ourselves so tempted to worship, we say no to those things so that we can live for the bigger thing, the kingdom of God. Now, we, we share the love of Christ, and we do that through being submitted to Christ. Yes, we love, as so many people in that video and others would share, that they've been encouraged or blessed by friendship, by support, by people coming alongside them. But ultimately, the way that we love the most, the way that we love the deepest, the way that we love that lasts is we love through submission, saying, Jesus, you are Lord. And we will live in obedience to you above all else. And that's how God has always used his church. Since he established his church when Christ ascended, if you go back to the book of Acts and he builds his church, he calls people together to live submitted to him so that his fame can spread. And so that's what we do. In that first sermon that I gave, I, we were teaching from Ephesians, and in the preface to that, I said that, you know, our, the series and what we intended to do as we sort of laid the foundation through God's Word for our church is that our foundation, the foundation of our church would be solely the Word of God, that this book, His Word, His Holy Word would be our authority. And it's one thing to say that the book and and God's Word is our authority, but one of the things that we very often forget, and our culture tends to kind of forget this, they, they are sometimes okay with saying that God's Word is authoritative, that it is the authority, but we miss too often that it's sufficient, that it has everything we need for life, that we don't have to go look for wisdom and for answers outside of God's Word, but that we turn exclusively to God's Word. And that we understand the calling and what God has for us as a church, what he's commanded us and how he's called us to live as a church, as the people of God. We see that and we can only be obedient to that as we live submitted to this word and to the sufficiency of God's word. And that's why I said again on that day, I think you could go back and listen. It might be lost. I sometimes pray that these things are lost. The internet's a crazy thing. It can always... Everything can be found, but I said that the purpose of this rickety music stand, the symbolic pulpit, is to proclaim the good news of who Jesus is, and to do that through His Word. Jesus is real, and Jesus is good, and so you don't need to hear wisdom, you don't need to hear advice, you don't need to hear some good story from me. Those things can periodically be helpful to us to understand, but ultimately what we all need to hear, what I need to hear, I need to hear from God and I hear from Him through His Word. So we open up the Scriptures each week. As I said, most often when we're not doing something special like we are today, opening up God's Word and walking our way through the book and saying, God, what do you have to say to us about who you are? Let us understand who you are. See, the world wants to understand and think about all of the circumstances that are going on, all of the situations that we might be facing. What about this? What about that? And every now and again, periodically, even Christians, we might sort of lean back in and say, oh yes, maybe God's word has something to say. 
But what I desire, what we desire, what we've strived to do as a church is to say that no, God's word is the source, the foundation. Let's start there. Any conversation that we have, let's just immediately say, what does God's word have to say about this? And the more we focus on God, the more we sing those songs like we sang this morning, remembering the bigness of God and the greatness of God and our smallness by comparison, the easier it will be for us to understand all the things of this world. The easier it will be for us to walk through times of suffering and pain and challenge because we look at God and we see Him as big. So with that in mind... I want us just to spend a few more moments together just rejoicing, rejoicing in God's faithfulness to us. And that's what this psalm is about. It's one of the great psalms of praise and adoration for the bigness of who God is. It parallels, this Psalm 104 parallels the creation story. And so you're going to see in a more, much more poetic way, essentially creation described. And you could kind of follow along if you wanted to. And you might just encourage you to do this sometime this week. Pull up just two Bibles or I guess two apps and have one side by side with one another and say, okay, here is Genesis 1 and let me read Psalm 104 and just, and just see how they weave together. And the poetic nature of the psalmist describing what God did in creation and what he was doing in Genesis chapter 1. But I just want our hearts just collectively to think about the bigness of God today. Again, as we celebrate what he's done in our midst and what we expect and plead with him to continue to do in and through our ministry, it's to say, God, you are great and you are powerful and you are mighty and we want to bless you. So we do that through the reading of Psalm 104. Bless the Lord, O my soul. O Lord, my God, you are very great. You are clothed with splendor and majesty, covering yourself with light as a garment, stretching out the heavens like a tent. He lays the beams of his chambers on the waters. He makes the clouds his chariot. He rides on the wings of the wind. He makes his messengers winds, his ministers a flaming fire. Do you hear the story of creation in that? The bigness of God as he laid out creation, he began to create, he began to speak the world into existence. And what the psalmist is acknowledging is that God in his greatness and in his power was at work, is at work in all of creation. He continues, he set forth the earth on its foundations so that it should never be moved. You covered it with the deep as with a garment the water stood above the mountains. At your rebuke, they fled. The waters covered the earth, and there was nothing but water. Do you remember that? But at his rebuke, at his word, the waters fled. At the sound of your thunder, they took flight. The mountains rose, the valleys sank to the place that you appointed for them. You set a boundary that they may not pass, so that they might not again cover the earth. At God's word, as he spoke the world into existence, there was water covering the earth, and he said, I move you back, water, so that he could create land, and he could raise up the mountains, and he'd call the mountains forth. And some of us, if you've ever had the opportunity to go and stand on a mountaintop before, you know, if you're like me, just the experience of just imagining God just calling that mountain up from the ground and creating this space that you can stand upon and you can look for miles and miles and miles. 
Just imagine God just calling that to be. His word saying, water, move. And what did he do all of that for? Why did he create this land? So that he could fill the earth. Verse 10. You make springs gush forth in the valleys. They flow between the hills. They give drink to every beast of the field. The wild donkeys quench their thirst. Beside them, the birds of the heavens dwell. They sing among the branches. From your lofty abode, you water the mountains. The earth is satisfied with the fruit of your work. God created, he set the waters and within the boundaries that he gave and then land popped up and mountains popped up and then he filled the earth with vegetation and then animals and everything was sustained by him because God is sovereign over all of creation. He is big, he is mighty and everything that existed, existed and exists today on the earth is sustained by him. As we say, I say this a lot here, just to remind ourselves of this, is that God put the sun back up in the sky this morning. That wasn't just some natural course of events that could have happened without his hand saying, sun, be there right now. And later this evening, he will say, sun, I want you to go down so I can erect the moon, put the moon back up in the sky. And he will call forth the grass to come up from the weeds and the fields and flowers to bloom and animals to be fed and all of the waters to flow wherever they go. Everything that exists, everything that we see in this life is doing exactly what God says it will do. He is powerful and he is mighty and he is great and he is sovereign over it all. Verse 19 and through 24 describe this cycle of the sun and the moon that he gave light I'm going to, I skipped 14 through 15. Let me read that for us. You cause the grass to grow for the livestock and plants for man to cultivate, that he may bring forth food from the earth and wine to gladden the heart of man, oil to make his face shine, and bread to strengthen man's heart. All of that creation, all of the things that he's done, he's done that for us to enjoy. He created us so that we would glorify Him and we glorify God the most when we enjoy Him the most, when He is our aim, when He is our purpose. And enjoying Him and praising Him and the worship of His name is the thing that brings us the most gladness. One of the reasons that we so often struggle in this life is we look to these small things, these things that will always die, these things that will always let us down, these things that can never satisfy, and we expect them to fill us and to give us joy that is only intended for us to find in the worship and the praise of Almighty God. When we get that backwards and when we miss and we begin to praise and worship these lesser things, even these good gifts... We miss. When I stand on the mountain and I begin to praise and worship the mountain and all of the things that I get to do as I fly down the mountain on a good set of skis, I've gotten it wrong. What I need to do is acknowledge Almighty God, the giver of that good gift, the giver of this playground that He created for me to enjoy, and I worship and I praise Him and I acknowledge Him. Not just the small thing that I get to enjoy in doing that. Now He continues in the the trees of the, of the Lord, excuse me, verse 16, the trees of the Lord are watered abundantly. The cedars of Lebanon that he planted, in them the birds build their nests. The stork has her home in the fir trees. The high mountains are for the wild goats. The rocks are a refuge for the rock badgers. Just imagine if you were the rock badger. 
almighty God acknowledging you in his holy word? And yet how much more, as scripture says, does he acknowledge us and pray and just lift us up, his ultimate, his prized possession? What a joy it is. Just think about that. But he gives us, he gives, he takes care of everything. Verse 9, 10, he made the moon to mark the seasons. The sun knows its time for setting. The sun knows its time for setting because God has told it to him. The moon knows when it will come back up because God has said. You make darkness and it is night. When the beasts of the forest creep about, the young lions roar for their prey, seeking their food from God. When the sun rises, they steal away and lie down in their dens. Man goes out to his work and to his labor until the evening. This whole passage, verses 1 through 23, has just been an acknowledgement of who God is, his power, his creative power, and the fact that he's over it all and that he is big. And the psalmist is just wanting, is, is in his own heart, just acknowledging as he looked all around and he saw all that God had done and all that God was doing. Seeing animals eat, he didn't just take that for granted. He recognized that that was bringing glory to God because those animals created by God were doing exactly what God had created them to do. And the grass that they were eating on was doing exactly what God had created it to do. And we as man created to go out and to labor and to do all that we are to do to bring glory to his name. And so he praises him in verse 24 again, O Lord, how manifold are your works. In wisdom you have made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. Here is the sea great and wide, which teems with creatures innumerable, living things both great and small. There go the ships and Leviathan, which you formed to play in it. I love, he creates the sea and then he creates the Leviathan to enjoy and to play in it. But verse 27, these all look to you to give them their food in due season. When you give it to them, they gather it up. When you open your hand, they are filled with good things. But when you hide your face, they are dismayed. When you take away their breath, they die and they return to dust. When you send forth your spirit, they are created and you renew the face of the ground. All life. Everything that we see created for God, by God, to bring glory back to himself. And we are part of that. He has established us to bring glory to himself, to find his name being praised. And so a question that we can ask, brothers and sisters, is as all of creation does, do we really look to God for all these things. They, it says in verse 27, these all look to you to give their food in due season. Verse 30 says, when you send forth your spirit, they are created and you renew the face of the ground. Do we recognize and acknowledge that everything that we have is from God? And so we praise him, we worship him, and that's what he closes with in 31 through 35. May the glory of the Lord endure forever. May the Lord rejoice in his works. Who looks on the earth and it trembles? Who touches the mountains and they smoke? I will sing to the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praise to my God while I have being. May my meditation be pleasing to him, for I rejoice in the Lord. 
Let sinners be consumed from the earth and let the wicked be no more. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Praise the Lord. We see all that God has done. And as we reflect back on just the brief history of these five years in the ministry of the Parks Church, we see God at work in great and powerful ways, and we rejoice in that. But if we see all that God has done and our response is not the response of verses 31 through 35, may the glory of the Lord endure forever. May, we, may the Lord rejoice in His work. The one who looks upon the earth and it trembles, who touches the mountain and they smoke. As we see all that God has done before us in our past, to establish this church, to bring this people of God together in this city. We see that God has moved. We see that God has been at work. And I chose this psalm this morning just to reflect and to praise because it speaks of God as the creator, the one who establishes all things. And we cannot and should not ever forget that this church was established by God for His glory to accomplish the works of building His kingdom. This is not our church. This is not my church. This is his church. This is Christ's church. He is the chief shepherd. We exist by him and for him. We're not our own. And if we're going to live and continue and the work of God is going to continue to be with us and in us, we need to acknowledge that we live just submitted to him. That's been our mantra for five years that Jesus, you lead. And it is going to be our mantra for years, and if the Lord doesn't return as quickly as we all would like, for years and years and years to come. So we praise God for what He has done. We praise God for His bigness, and we rejoice and praise Him for what He will do. We look forward to the continued ministry of seeing sinners raised to life no longer facing fear and death, no longer bound by the confines of what it seems the world would limit us to, but able to just rejoice in Him. And if, as we close, if we remember who God is, if we remember His bigness, if we remember His power, if we remember all that He has done in our lives and in the lives of so many others as we look around and see this church and we look backwards even further and just see, just, just imagine for your own hearts. Remember your own testimony, how Christ came to be real in your life. And as you look back and you know that God is good and you know that you can trust Him, He's big. He's bigger than everything that we might ever face. And so whatever it is that we might face, whether that's individually, as a family, as an individual, as a family unit, or even the larger church family, we can trust that God is good and that He is going to see it all accomplish exactly what He intends for it to accomplish. We don't have to be stressed out and worried about what God is going to do, how God is going to do this, how He is going to reach this. Our responsibility is just to submit our lives to His Lordship and acknowledge that He is greater and bigger than everything else. And as we do that, as we do that humbly, we will see God continue to move and build His kingdom here in Melissa as it is in heaven. Let's pray, and then we're going to respond through song. God, we thank You. You are great. You are mighty. And You are worthy of all the praise that we could give You this morning and even much more. 
And so we thank you. And again, we celebrate today, but we just ask that you would continue to go before us. We, without your spirit at work in us, in our lives as individuals, but also in our lives corporately as a church family, we are nothing without you. And so we just yield our lives again this morning to you. We submit our lives to you as Lord. We thank you. We praise you. Do this all in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Parks Church of Melissa podcast. We meet at 1030 Sunday mornings at Melissa Middle School, and we look forward to seeing you there soon. The Parks Church, for the city, about a person.